What is up, Husker Half Hour listeners? It's me, Ben Herbel, alongside my brother Elijah. And on today's show, we're going to be previewing the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We're going to look at their offense, their defense, and what the Huskers need to do to counter those. And finally, we're going to make some bold predictions on what PJ Fleck will be wearing on the sidelines. Stay with us. All right, Ben, here we go. Minnesota week. It is time for our Minnesota preview. I know I have some fun predictions coming up later in the show. I haven't told you about those yet. Oh, my. It's a surprise to everyone except me. Surprise predictions. Wow. Yes. Uh, But we do have a preview to get through first. Let's preview the Minnesota Golden Gophers, currently 5-0, coached by P.J. Fleck. Yeah, Elijah. Uh, Nebraska's hitting the road this week. Nothing really of note on the travel roster. Um, but today in practice, uh, both Adrian Martinez and JD Spielman suited up and practiced with pads on, uh, limited practice, limited contact, uh, probably keeping them on the clock, seeing how long they're out there, uh, being active as they both recover Adrian from that knee injury, Spielman from that hip, a Spielman lower body, lower body Mm -hmm. from the lower body injury to JD Spielman. Um, so Still kind of a mystery, obviously. This coaching staff, we all know it, keeps injuries pretty close to the vest. Um, but going into the travel... Oh, uh, what? he'll be fine. No, oh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> how, about, how about Adrian Martinez? What's he? Is he going to play this next weekend? Mm, he'll be fine. <laughs> uh, hey, Coach, uh, Adrian looked like he was uh, had a sore throat. How's he, how's he, how's he going to do this weekend? Oh, uh, he'll be fine. Uh, it looked like Adrian literally broke his tibula. Is he going to be okay, Coach? He'll be fine. He'll be fine eventually. Um, so, <laughs> Coach Adrian Martinez legitimately had his obituary published in the paper yesterday. He died on the field on Saturday. Any, any quotes about that? He'll be, he'll be, he'll he'll be, be fine. fine. <laughs> Adrian will be fine. Um, if you are traveling to the game this weekend in Minneapolis, uh, the forecast looks like the sun's going to be setting about six thirty. Kickoff is six thirty, right? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, that six thirty kick. PCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Did I test your thunder? You can, no, no, go ahead. Keep, yeah. keep talking about. You seem really excited about TCF Stadium. Well, I got a lot of friends going. A lot of uh, no, no family going. I was gonna say a lot of friends and family going. <laughs> any, Just I'm, friends. You got a lot of friends. I got some friends going. Yeah. Um, Minnesota is a pretty easy trip. I'm not going up there because I'm working. I think the the trumpet section is sending a, a group of people. So I've got some friends going too. Who wow. doesn't love Minnesota? And they're going to get themselves one of the most fun environments in the season, and that's because it's going to be 34 degrees and snowy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it looks like sun's going to be setting about time kickoff. Uh, we're going to get down into the low 30s. Looks like uh, precipitation chance is high. Chance of snow is a f- moderate. A 40% chance of precipitation. Um, looks like the humidity is going to be sitting at like 81% humidity. Um, so we're going to have some occasional snow. Some, I've some seen rain's going to mix in with that. They, with still a couple days off, with me, which means it's an inexact science. I've heard that some 
precipitation throughout the game is going to be likely, whether that's going to be snow, rain, freezing rain, kind of up in the air right now. Yep. Uh, but it's going to be tough conditions for those teams no matter what, especially with an early October game already getting down to freezing. Um, looks like <coughs> if it does snow, it's going to be less than an inch. Winds at 10 to 20 miles an hour. So uh, bundle up if you're going to be a fan. The team, though, seems like across the board, players have just been saying – yeah, we'll be we'll be ready for it. We'll be good. You kind of get that that vibe from both teams. PJ Flex said in his post conference, or his post his press conference on Tuesday, that uh, he was preparing his team as well as he could. They cranked the air conditioning in their training facility down to oh, fifty five. Yeah. That's just goofy. That's <laughs> so uh, they just wasted a lot of money because it was uh, it's it's in the sixties outside Minneapolis right now. Today it hit seventy, and in two days uh, tomorrow it's supposed to be low sixties. Uh, it's kind of to stay there throughout the week, and then Saturday it drops to 36 degrees as a high. That is not the same as cranking your air conditioning to 55. But next week in Minneapolis, it's back up to the 60s. So this is just a weird one-off cold front coming through. Um, welcome to the northern United States. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never catch me living in Minnesota. I think it's gonna be real pretty though. All the leaves are gonna be gone. <coughs> I can't wait to see pictures. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. We'll see if that affects either of the teams. I will say, though, Scott Frost undefeated in snow games as a head coach. Un- How many snow games has he coached? One. <laughs> Michigan State last year. Yes, and undefeated. he is 1-0. Oh. He has also never scored a touchdown in a snow game. Perfect. But his defense has never allowed a touchdown in a snow game. And you know how we are this year with, with kicking field goals in snow games. Well, we're, we're, we're unproven in snow games. We're, I mean... Not confident in kicking field goals, but there is a small amount of hope if we're inside the ten yard line that he could maybe sneak it through some defenders' arms. Yeah, perfect. Shout yeah. out Lane McCallum. Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. It'll be good. Uh, so there's your outlook for the weather uh, and us traveling up there. But now let's uh, let's turn turn our gaze onto the Golden Gophers, Elijah. What's uh, what's Minnesota looking like this year? Uh, we'll kick it off. Uh, what's going look? What's Minnesota looking like this year? Uh, they're obviously 5-0, and Elijah. What do you think of that record so far with the teams they played? Not necessarily deserved. In uh, those five wins, they had to come back at the end in three of those games. Those games would be against Fresno State, against South Dakota State, and then against the Division uh, 1AA opponent, Georgia Southern. In all three of those games, they had to come back to get the win at the end. Um uh, South Dakota State, they had to score a touchdown at the end to pull away. Uh, Fresno State, they came back in regulation, win in overtime. Georgia Southern, they scored a touchdown with a minute left to get the win there and sneak away with a win. Uh, to get, uh, 35-32 is the score. Against Purdue, uh, they almost tried to blow it at the end. Purdue gave them a good run at the end, but they were able to hold on. Um, and then they blew out Illinois 40-17, to and 14 of those points were from uh, Illinois' defense. That one was never really close. Mm-hmm. But... Nebraska fans are going to probably see that Minnesota or the Illinois score and be like, this Minnesota team is better than us. They beat Illinois by more than us. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two factors you have to consider there. One is that Minnesota is the home team against Illinois, which is uh, it's important because Illinois was playing with home energy. Illinois fans are going to show up when Nebraska comes to town because everyone knows when Nebraska comes to town, they're going to bring a lot of fans. So we should have some fans there. Um, so they probably had better home support whenever we played them. And then we also our offense gave them a lot of points, mm. meaning that Nebraska could have beaten Illinois 40-17 to 17 as well, I believe, if they had taken care of the ball a little bit better and if they had tightened up their defense at points, gotten a little luck. 40-17 to 17 would have been doable. So don't take too much. Don't read too much into that, Nebraska fans. Just because Illinois uh, lost to Minnesota by 
quick maths, uh, 23, and uh, we only beat them by four. That doesn't mean much. Yeah. Um, I think also Minnesota hasn't had any huge challenges yet in that 5-0, and yet they s- scraped by in three of those first games. Uh, not a bunch of real challenges, but still those games were decided by less than a touchdown. Um, so, interesting going into this game. Um, hoping, fingers crossed, Nebraska is the biggest threat they'll face yet this season. Uh, the first time that they're 5-0. and mm-hmm. uh, Obviously, the record's going to be challenged here a little this week. They've got a little bit more to prepare for. There is a lot of hype around from Minnesota fans. They're saying they want to be 8-0 and going into Penn State week, which they still have three games left to do it, and I think Nebraska is the biggest test of those. Uh, they play Nebraska at home. They travel to Rutgers, and then they play Maryland at home. So with a win against Nebraska, you would assume that this Minnesota team could very feasibly be 8-0, which means that this game is going to be huge for Minnesota because they know of the next three weeks, this is the biggest game for them. Uh, and that they're going to want to focus on this one. They're not going to let this one get away from them because it could be a, a top 25 matchup whenever Penn State comes to Minnesota in the three weeks or four weeks, I guess, with the bye week. Minnesota, a bit of a story this year of their improvement. Even looking at Illinois, uh, in last year's 2018 game, Illinois beat Minnesota 55-31. to um, And obviously, two off games, we can't draw too many connections between uh, both of those uh, siloed results. But this year, Minnesota coming out on top. So uh, let's talk a bit, Elijah, about where you've seen some improvements in Minnesota so far this year. Uh, we'll start with the offense. What's the offense looking like? The passing game has been a big uh, a big plus for them so far this year. Uh, their quarterback, who is Tanner Morgan, he struggled a little bit against Illinois. He threw a pick six. Uh, he fumbled the ball and uh, got a touchdown off that. And uh, those are the two defensive scores for Illinois. Uh, but he comes into the year not great opposition he's faced. He's still a little bit unproven, but he does have a 70% completion rate, 13 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He is playing a lot better than uh, the quarterback we saw last year for Minnesota. His name slips my mind. Wasn't it Tanner Morgan? Was it Tanner Morgan? Yeah, I think it was Tanner Morgan, yep. Did he play against Nebraska? I can't remember. I don't I can't, recall. I can't tell you. But um, Tanner Morgan definitely is a uh, a a bigger threat to this offense you kind of wonder about his uh his confidence after an off week last week um but pj flex said it was a learning experience for him he's coming back bigger or better this week yeah last week he was only nine for 17 for 155 yards uh and an interception yes so uh, three touchdowns coming out of that but i think for me his supporting cast Mm. is what's really helping the passing game this year obviously he it seems like he's made a step this season uh but i think his supporting cast of his wide receivers room uh looks very dangerous and to add on top of that his running backs room as well they have three guys um who have been rotating around that's a due to injuries those guys have had some injuries but all three of those guys are capable that would be rodney smith uh, Muhammad Ibrahim and Shannon Brooks. All three of those guys are very capable of running the ball. Um, Ibrahim has been out the past three games. Shannon came back uh, first last season, and Rodney Smith started the season a little bit late, but he has uh, rushed for 326 yards within the past two weeks. So if all three of those guys are back, that's obviously dangerous for Nebraska because you can rotate all those guys through. All those guys are going to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Similar to what happened with last year with Nebraska, where as soon as Devine and Zigbo would get tired, you'd bring Maurice Washington to be a completely different monster. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's going to try to do the same thing. Whenever one running back gets tired, they're going to try to rotate in a fresh one who's going to give the defense a different look. And they've been struggling with some injuries there at that position as well. So now they're reaching a point where all three of those guys are looking like they're healthy and uh, able to be played during games. 
Uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to jump it back just a little bit back to the quarterback issue. Yeah. Because uh, I was right in that Tanner Morgan did not start the game against Nebraska. Okay. But he did play the second half whenever Zach Anikstead uh, went out uh, at halftime in Lincoln, um, and he ended up being hospitalized for an injury to his midsection. And Tanner Morgan came in after halftime against Nebraska and played. And if you remember, Minnesota's offense was much better in the second half against gotcha. Nebraska. So that's the quarterback Nebraska is facing is the quarterback of uh, second half Minnesota last year, whenever Minnesota was in Lincoln. Back, uh, back to your point, though, Ben. No, yeah, yeah. Just uh, looks like they are pretty balanced in terms of where their weapons are at. Uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, Minnesota's strength on offense at skill positions uh, compared to Nebraska. We've definitely got more people, more bases to cover uh, in terms of taking away their threats. They've got threats at running back. Uh, they've got a quarterback who the first four games was operating very efficiently. And then at wide receiver, we're going to be wanting to watch out for Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson is going to be their biggest threat. Yeah, he's 6'2", 200. Um, last year, he had 78 catches for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was all Big Ten last year, and he was getting looks from NFL teams. Would have been a mid-round pick, and he decided to come back and try to improve his draft stock one more year. He's most likely the biggest threat on that uh, Minnesota offense, and who's if if weather is permitting, he's who Tanner Morgan's going to want to try to get the ball to. Uh, both Tyler Johnson uh, and then Rashad Bateman is going to be what. And there's an interesting story with Rashad Bateman mm-hmm. in that uh, earlier in this week on his Snapchat, he posted a, self- a mirror selfie. And in that mirror selfie, you can see him wearing a, a brace on his hand, on his thumb, which is, for a receiver, a pretty important place to have it. And um, he quickly took the post down. People slid up and was like, oh, why do you have a brace on? And uh, uh, PJ Flex said it was a joke, right? No, like PJ it, Flex said it was a fashion statement. A fashion statement. Which... It looked like a medical, a medical <laughs> cast. Like looks straight out of the he hospital. Didn't, he didn't just go find this thing. Like yeah, it was <laughs> clearly just metal, plastic. Yeah. Like PJ Flex said, if you professional. Go to, if you go down to his hometown in Georgia, you'll probably see a whole bunch of people wearing that same thing. No, <laughs> no, PJ. <laughs> Good try though. Good try. Rashad Bateman is going to be coming off an injury from last week. Uh, to his hand, so it's going to be interesting to see how effective he is. Whether or not he even plays, PJ Fleck is going to. Keep that close to his chest, I'm sure, until game time, whether or not he's going to get play time. But uh, if he does play, Rashad Bateman is another threat alongside Tyler Johnson. Uh, so the Nebraska secondary is going to have their work cut out for them this week, um, as well as up front. We really, uh, they've got people who can hurt you at running back. We've got people who can hurt you at wide receiver. The Nebraska defense is going to be a genuine test for them. We're going to see um, how well they play. It looks like, looking back at last week, Minnesota was not great on third down. Uh, they were 2 for 10 on third downs for the game. So another question this week is, can Nebraska, can the defense get off the field, uh, get Minnesota into third down positions, and then uh, get off the field? And I think with the weather patterns, P.J. Flex said he's been practicing. They've been putting balls in the deep freeze and then rotating balls through throughout practice to make, what sure, a weirdo. to make sure the balls are always cold. They've been spraying them with ice water to make sure that they're cold and wet uh, to be pretty prepared for that. Um, so Minnesota is preparing for cold weather conditions, but third and long, when you have to throw the ball, whenever it's, even if it's just 34 degrees and flurrying, it's still not ideal conditions to throw the football. No quarterback wants that, especially this early in the year after it's been 70 degrees for all week in Minneapolis, and then it drops to 35 degrees for one day. It's not going to be ideal conditions to throw the football. Uh, so definitely look for that in third and long situations. Expect, especially early, that he might be a little bit off uh, as he gets adjusted to some cold weather. 
All right, Elijah, let's flip it to the other side. Uh, let's look at that Minnesota defense. Anything glaringly stand out to you? One thing that stands out to me is that halfway through last season, uh, Minnesota changed defensive coordinators. So early last year, they were giving up over 500 yards a game average. Uh, the last four games last year, they gave up uh, on average about 300 yards. So they improved at the end of last year under a new scheme. They've now got a full offseason to work on that scheme, uh, but they haven't really played any good offenses yet. So they, they haven't truly been tested on, I'll say on either side of the ball, based on the, the talent they've played. PJ Flex said, it's felt like every single week, the competition they have faced has gotten slightly better, slightly better, slightly better, slightly better, and mm-hmm. that this is now a big step up to Nebraska. That's what he said, and I think that's especially true for the defense. Um, but one guy to look for, especially in the D-line, uh, is Carter Coughlin. Uh, Nebraska handled the Northwestern front seven pretty well last week, I think. Uh, Northwestern got some they, – they, they got some wins, but overall I didn't think they were really wreaking havoc. I think they were more just making some sound solid plays. Definitely, or we. It was like Ohio State. Ohio State was wreaking havoc on Nebraska's offensive line. Right. Nebraska never really felt like they were just in panic mode against Northwestern. Yeah. If anything, missed some assignments or maybe just had a half-ass block here and there, um, but nothing that was too disturbing to me. Not like there was somebody on the defensive line who was so much more athletic than anybody on the offensive. Um, but two guys that are going to be big for stopping Nebraska's run game. Again, this is assuming the cold, bad weather. Nebraska's going to want to rely on the run game. One guy is Carter Coughlin, defensive end, 6'4", 245. He uh, was second team all Big Ten last year, so he's obviously solid. Thomas Barber, 6'1", 233, inside backer. He is now in his third season starting for the Gophers, uh, and he had 196 tackles in his first two seasons as a starter. So both those guys are guys who are going to be flying around making some plays for the Gophers they have experience they have talent those are guys nebraska is going to have to account for um seems like a defense who's playing like well and especially as we saw in the illinois game we're able to capitalize on uh illinois mistakes interceptions fumbles recovered and being able to take them to the house for points credit that partially to illinois offense uh but also uh, something to watch out for this game. If we have a sloppy game like we did against Illinois, against the Gophers, we're going to be in trouble. And I think P.J. Fleck kind of echoed that same sentiment for his team, where he said um, Nebraska's defense is a stronger, more physical team than any team they have played this year. And alongside that, they change up their schemes a lot. He said we've played teams that change up their schemes a lot. Uh, I think he'd be referring to South Dakota State as one of those teams, and he'd be referring to Fresno State as one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh but he said we haven't played a team that changed up their scheme this much and is this physical and strong. So I think look to see Minnesota early struggle to, to run the ball against Nebraska's front seven because Nebraska is a big, strong physical team, and uh, especially defensively. Uh, look at Darian Daniels, the Davis twins. We're going to have uh, Cleo Davis back for this game uh, alongside Carlos Davis. Still, he played well last week. All those guys are going to be tough to move for this Minnesota offensive line who hasn't played really anyone like those guys. Uh, on the back end, PJ Flex said that uh, last year his wide receivers got shut down by Nebraska's corners and secondary. And Nebraska returns both their starting cornerbacks uh, and a strong safety. He specifically mentioned Cam Taylor Britt in his uh, press conference. He said number five can play safety. He can play corner. He can play nickel. He can play anywhere. That's a guy we have to, whenever he comes on the field, we have to take note of where he is. Uh, But then with the same receivers that uh, Minnesota had last year coming back this year, those guys struggled against Lamar Jackson and DiCaprio Boodle. So you got to wonder, are they going to make it their personal mission to be better? Um, Are Lamar Jackson and DiCaprio Boodle, do they already have them figured out? Um, or is Minnesota even going to try to throw the ball all that much with the weather conditions? Uh, 
Minnesota's passing game, I think, is a bigger uh, a bigger question than their running game. I expect that the running game is going to be a battle all game. Uh, Minnesota is they're five and zero. Don't forget that they they are still playing for a Big Ten West crown. They are playing for an undefeated record. They're going to be playing uh, to put it all out there because if they can win these next three games, as I said before, mm-hmm. Penn State's coming to town in four weeks, and that's going to be a top twenty five matchup, assuming both teams go into that game at eight and zero. Uh, that's a good point, Elijah, talking about the implications for the Big Ten West here. Uh, you heard it, the same phrase echoed differently on both sides. Nebraska's calling this a one-week season, uh, and or Minnesota's calling it a one-week championship. Yes. Yeah. So, similar so, sentiment on both sides. That's almost identical. Yeah. <laughs> that basically both teams are saying, we don't care about any other week because, I mean, it's, it's what you hear coaches say all the time. So, we don't care about any other week. This is the week we care about. This is our our week one and week one is the only week of our season that we're going to care about for right now until next Monday rolls around and then it's a new opponent and it's a new season. Right. Um, especially for Nebraska because we're going into a bye week after this. Uh, but for both teams competing here in the big 10 West, uh, this could literally have championship implications for a while, uh, for either of them to get a shot at, uh, continuing into postseason with Big Ten Championship, winning the West, Big Ten Championship, uh, to be able to contend with Wisconsin and Iowa, um, even to be able to end up with the season they want, making it to a bowl. Both these teams uh, need a to come out of this weekend with a W. So hopefully seeing both teams, uh, players putting it all out there on the field. Uh, I want to be able to give Nebraska an edge there because they know they get a week mm-hmm. after this of, of a bye week, so we can really – throw it all out there knowing that uh we get a rest after this minnesota's playing who next week minnesota is playing Rutgers. okay uh, so i guess they kind of have a bite too <laughs> uh we, we you did mention that both teams have something to play for and i don't think we've really spent enough time talking about what nebraska is going to try to bring into this game against minnesota sure. we've talked about what minnesota is going to have to game plan for to be ready for nebraska what's nebraska going to have to do uh in this game on saturday Ben, I'll let you start. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think establishing a run game is going to be important here this week, especially with the weather conditions, uh, especially just against this Minnesota defense. We have to establish that run to open up the pass, um, and I think that's going to be key, especially with the run looking like a lethargic weakness in previous weeks. And I, I want to be able to see Nebraska impose their will with the run. I think a factor in that is who's going to be coming out at quarterback for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. This oh, yeah. obviously isn't going to be something we know until Saturday. Scott Frost is tight-lipped. Why wouldn't he be? It's it's pointless to give it away on Wednesday who your starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, and I think there's also – he doesn't know. I don't think yet. Um, Martinez, as we said earlier, did practice today. Full pads, no brace. He was slightly limited. We're not quite sure what his mobility level is like. And uh, if Scott Frost is even going to want to risk him against Minnesota in a game where it might be a lot of running the ball and you need your quarterback to be mobile. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have an option that you can can run your quarterback. And I think uh, this game is a big triple option game. Mm-hmm. I think Nebraska would love to get their triple option game going. Uh, I think we're going to see some... If Martinez does not play, I think we're going to get a couple of McCaffrey snaps. I think we'll get in some second and shorts where we put in McCaffrey just to give him a look. Just to see, see what, what they do again. Athleticism is PJ Fleck there. talked about uh, the, the two quarterbacks behind Martinez. He said that in his interview. He said, uh, you saw what Nebraska's backup did last week, and they also have uh, the youngest McCaffrey brother sitting on the bench behind him. So he's like, if Martinez doesn't play, it's not like there's that big a, a drop-off in those quarterbacks behind it because they're still threats. And I think that's awesome to hear. P.J. Flex said, Nebraska does recruiting and Scott Frost is recruiting well. Mm-hmm. He said there's going to be threats behind their uh, behind their starters. There's going to be good athletic talent. And they, as 
a whole team to be ready for that. I think that's a great point, that triple option, Elijah. The whole point of that being that we can out-scheme their defense with the triple option. Yes. That, uh, it eliminates... Uh, it puts it puts the defense in a tough position where every single one of them has to be playing their assignment. Um, ideally, it puts us into a one-on-one situation with our playmaker and one of their defenders um, to be able to make a move, get them to miss. Uh, and I think, especially this one-week mentality, I don't think Nebraska is going to be holding anything back. I think we need to be using everything to be able to put us in a position to go up. Uh, Elijah, from but a, before yeah, the, the unknown factor in the triple option is, do we know can Vedral or McCaffrey run the triple option? Yeah, it's it's unclear. We know McCaffrey ran some uh, some zone read, some option type stuff in high school. Uh, Vedral did the same thing at Bishop Newman because who wouldn't use their uh, their quarterback like that? But at UCF, uh, Vedral never ran triple option, mm-hmm. and we know here at Nebraska, Martinez has been the only person we've seen have reps on the triple option, and it's a it's a natural thing I think being able to run the triple option. Not everyone can do it. So I want to see, is it something that Martinez is just, they figured out he's naturally good at and we have Mills and now we're going to utilize it? Or is it something that we have been instructing all our quarterbacks to do all offseason? I guess we're going to find out Saturday, but we're not going to know who's even starting until Saturday. So it's kind of hard to speculate. Speaking of which, Elijah, non-football analyst Elijah Herbal, give me your personal opinion if you were to to take off the layers of being an analyst and just going with your gut. Who do you play on Saturday? Oh, Vedral. Yeah. Hmm. Going with my gut, Martinez was not walking off the field well. You don't want to risk him, especially in a game that if there's snow on the field, it gets slick, uh, which isn't good for a knee injury. It's cold. You're going to be running the ball a lot. You want your quarterback to be able to be mobile so he can pull on reads. You don't want to hand it off every single time. I think it makes the most sense to go with Vedral. Hmm. What's that look like, too, with two weeks off for Martinez if he gets this weekend and uh, the bye week? It's, it's ideal for him. Yeah. Um, remember back to last year whenever he came in against Michigan? And he didn't look as mobile as he could because he missed the Troy game. Next week, we travel to Michigan, and we get uh, slaughtered, essentially. And Martinez could barely get outside the pocket. He wouldn't look good. Next week's a bye week. And then after Michigan, we come back for a bye, and uh, Martinez looked uh, healthy again. He looked like himself again. And I want to see Martinez get some health back, and it's a perfect opportunity to rest your quarterback. Uh, On the other side, the other injured player of the offense is J.D. Spielman who I do believe is going to play. Uh, J.D. Spielman grew up in a suburb of Minneapolis. This is a homecoming game for him. You think a lot of his family is going to be there. I think he's going to power through. He's one of the better receivers in the Big Ten. I, I don't think that's one of those decisions that comes down to the athletic training staff. I think J.D. Spielman's going to say, I'm going in practice and I'm playing in this game on Saturday. He's it, been a badass thus far this season. He's been a, he's been a yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. But he's been a badass. He's going to be a badass again. It's a homecoming game. I want to see J.D. ball out. And I think he wants to ball out in front of friends, family, everyone who's going to be at that game. Yeah, for sure. Elijah, let's move on to the defensive side. What do you need to see Nebraska do this weekend uh, to win against Minnesota? Control the line of scrimmage. That's where it starts. If you can control the line of scrimmage, uh, win at the point of attack, and make Minnesota throw the ball in cold weather uh, with a quarterback who has how many, seven games starting under his belt only, uh, has played well, but he had some ups and downs last week. Um, PJ Fleck had to answer questions about his quarterback in a, in a news conference, and he, the quarterback's going to hear that. Uh, whenever you ask questions, is how's his confidence? How's he doing? He threw uh, a couple of picks last week. Is he okay? What's his confidence like? Are you still trusting him? All those questions get asked to Fleck in a, in a conference. He's going to hear that. Um, so I think as the Nebraska defense, you want to put pressure on him at home mm-hmm. in a cold weather game when it's not ideal to throw the ball. You want to make him beat you. And especially with Nebraska's corners, that's how you're going to stop them. So expect to see Nebraska not necessarily blitz, mm-hmm. but really play lights out early and try to get Minnesota into situations where we're going to have to throw the ball more. Expect to see uh, Darian Daniels and the Davis twins um, 
playing well because Minnesota hasn't played anyone like those guys. I expect to see those guys making plays in the run game. I am the most scared about Minnesota probably establishing the run. I think that's what I'm most worried about, especially from what I've seen from Nebraska's defense this year. Um, There's been times where we've played okay against the run, sometimes where we've played really well against the run. Uh, But I think what I've seen from their running backs, that worries me. I also obviously want to be able to see our secondary shut down their wide receivers. But I think by uh, shutting down their run and then being able to put pressure on the quarterback, I think that should take care of itself. So I hope the defense does well against the run. I Uh, I agree. Let's get into predictions before we have to go. Uh, Ben, I'll start this week okay? because I do have an interesting prediction, and that's that if there is snow, if you can see snow on the TV, it flurries, doesn't matter if there's any accumulation whatsoever, Nebraska gets the win, and they get the win 24-10. to Okay. Minnesota only gets a touchdown and a field goal? Yes. Okay. If there is no snow, if the, the storm passes, no snow, it's just cold, Minnesota gets the win 34-21. to Minnesota does that much better mm-hmm. without any sort of snow on the on the screen. Yes. It's the frost magic. Mm. Frost it's is in, in the, the name. name. It's in the name. If there's snow, Nebraska wins. No snow, Nebraska loses. That's my prediction. Bold. And I've also covered my bases a little bit. Because <laughs> if Nebraska loses in the snow, you're like, well, I did predict a, a loss. No snow. The snow must have not been hard enough. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> genius. Um, score prediction. I'm going to say low score in this game with the weather, with the way that both offenses have been okay. Um, I think Nebraska, the defense shows up, shows Minnesota some weird stuff. I'm picking low score and Elijah. I'm picking Minnesota 17, Nebraska 13. I want to, I want to miss a extra point. <laughs> I want to amend my snow game score prediction. Uh-huh. Minnesota likes to play close games. So let's go 24-20. I said 24-10. Yeah. Let's go 24-20. That's exactly what I was thinking. That, that these clo- they, they seem to just squeak by in the fourth quarter yeah. in a couple of these games this year. It, it, they're due to lose a close game now. So let's go 24-10. I think if they win, it's not going to be that close. I think yeah. if they lose, they lose in a close one. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to – I feel like I, I've been bold every single week picking all the hope and picking that Nebraska's going to win. <laughs> so this week, this is the week that I'm going to go ahead and just predict that Nebraska loses. Mm-hmm. And then when we win, I'll be pumped up. Okay. So I'm sorry, listeners, who are booing me right now for picking Nebraska losing, but I'm picking – Minnesota in a close game like they played all year, us with, unable to kick a field goal. I think it's going to come down to a field goal, 17-14, but then I'm going to take off an extra point because of the weather. I think the wind's going to going to mess up McCallum and we'll w- lose 17-13. Definitely a storyline to watch for this game is how will Scott Frost's offense perform in the cold. Yeah. It wasn't great against Michigan State, who was a really good defense last year. Mm-hmm. So let's see how that performs in the cold against a, a worse defense in Minnesota. I'll knock on wood because I just said worst defense and you don't know. But But wait, Elijah, we've got one more prediction to make. Our offensive and defensive MVPs? No, it's what outfit is PJ Fleck going to wear in this game? Oh, I almost forgot. Oh, that's good. I think he's definitely going to be wearing some Nike trainer shoes. Uh Uh-huh. For sure, a maroon base color on those with some gold accents. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the other way around. Gold with maroon is just kind of a little goofy. I I think, especially in a snow game, he's going maroon with gold. Yep. It's a cold weather game. Which means I think Fleck comes out in layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go... The, the man likes to dress classy, but I don't know because I've never seen him in a true cold weather game. Yeah. Uh, th- that, that makes it tough. I'm going to go... Loves to do, he loves to do quarter zips with the tie and, and dress shirt underneath. That's what, I, I think he's going to do something similar, but probably with a Minnesota 
winter coat on top. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Ba- base level is going to look pretty similar. I don't think he goes sweatpants slash like no. athletic pants or anything. I think, I, I think he sticks with khakis. He's got that bald head. He's going to have a hat on for sure. Oh, I, uh, I think a stocking cap. A stocking cap. Do you cap. think it's got one of the no little fuzzy poof. balls? No, 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 no fuzzy poof. ball. Okay. No fuzzy ball. Uh, maybe he's got gloves. I'm unsure on the gloves yet. I would probably bet on gloves. gloves. But he was a former football player. Maybe he's going to tough it out and be like one of nah, the guys. He's going to have a poofy, a poofy coat on over top of the quarter zip tie combo. Uh, maybe the, 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 I could see the quarter zip. He's been wearing this weird yellow goldenrod quarter zip thing. Uh, I'm not sure what that says about what kind of ex- extravagant coat he'll have on, mm. but it's going to be something, something athletic poofy. I could see yellow hat. Oh, I, th- I think yellow hat could be yeah. the, 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 the aspect that pops on his outfit. As for the other sideline, Scott Frost, I'm going to bet black athletic pants, gray sweatshirt, Stocking cap with a poof. With a poof. With a poof. Um, That's what he wore for Mi- Michigan last year. Going to be wearing gloves. Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. And he wore a similar outfit against Iowa. Yeah. Which makes me, I think, the great sweatshirt. go-to. Sw- at least a gray or red sweatshirt, one of the two. Yeah. With definitely black athletic pants, hat with a poof. Yep. Um, and gloves. That's your Scott Frost prediction. Perfect. Um, before we go, offensive MV- and defensive MVPs, we don't have to get super in-depth on this. Nope. Because we are wrong anyway Most every single time. week. Yeah. I don't think we <laughs> – we should go back and do the math on how many times – what percentage of the time we've been right. We should have a little prediction. We've been half right. We've had like – he was good. He wasn't the MVP, but he was good. Yeah. So let's go this week. Let's start offensively uh-huh. uh, as tra- is tradition. We yep. don't have to resist around here, but that's a tradition now. We're going to start off with offense. And – my offensive MVP. I can't go with Vedro because I don't even know if he's going to play. That was going to be my bold prediction Just coming in. Just be bold. In. Just say it. Um, I'm not going to go with Vedro. Oh, my gosh. Diedrich Mills. Okay. Just pounds it. He's going to pound it this se- Second straight week of Diedrich Mills. I think we get some fullback traps with Diedrich Aggressive. Mills. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think he's going to stay as a starting running back this week. Uh, he started last week with the Maurice Washington internal issue, internal stuff. Internal stuff, yeah. Um. So I think Diedrich is going to start again this week. Wandale is his first ever time playing in the cold. I expect him to have a, a solid game, not a great game. Yeah. Um, one drop pass from Wandale, um, and he's going to be somewhat ineffective in between the tackles. Cold weather game. He still gets 75 yards all-purpose, maybe a touchdown. Uh, but offensive MVP is Diedrich Mills. Ben, offense well, for you. The, the boldest of all predictions, I am picking Jurgens. MVP because he fixes the snap this week. The boldest of all. <laughs> There's a very low likelihood this happens. You should have picked that after the bye week, Ben. <laughs> you should have saved that one. Saved that's it. a bad pick. That's an awful pick. I'm doing it. Too late. But that's your pick. Too late. Defense, I'm going to switch over, and I'm saying one of the Davis twins because we forgot to talk about this in the offensive preview. Minnesota plays with two really big tight ends. Uh, they love to run behind these these tight ends. They have said they're kind of the size of like defensive ends. They're these big boys that they love to block with in the run. So I'm picking the Davis twins uh, to do well against those tight ends. My defensive MVP, uh, Dismuke played really well last week, and I think it's going to be someone in the secondary again this week that gets the MVP. I'm not going with those guys. I'm going to go with somebody who didn't even play in the Minnesota game last year. That's Cam Taylor Britt, number five. I think we're going to try to put him in a lot of different places. Um, Jojo Doman's another guy who I think could play well, but I predicted him against Ohio State and he played all right. He's been playing better and better throughout every single week of the season. Um, expect for him to have a decent game, but I want to see Cam Taylor be good in pass, good in run. Let's get that pick six. And let's get that pick six. That's all we got for the predictions. Hey, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, we're going to be wrong. 
We'll get these these predictions clipped. I'm in. legitimately super excited about this game. I'm really pumped going into this it. This next week, let's get these predictions clipped uh, as we go into the bye week after this. We're going to do a review-only episode next week. Yeah. Uh, which means Revisit. That we will only do a review week, and we don't have much to talk about with the next week. So we're going to come in and actually listen to these predictions and see how wrong we were. <laughs> so, Ben, I will see you next week. Huskers taking on the Gophers, 6.30, Fox Sports 1. From Minneapolis, TCF Bank Stadium. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be cold. It's going to be fun. It's Big Ten football. Let's go, Screws. Let's go get that win. Let's go, Big Red! That's it from the Husker Half Hour. It's been in the life of Herbal. We thank you for tuning in. Have a nice weekend, guys.